estoy contigo, oye mi corazón. Hello everybody. We are back on the Cantina MX podcast. And as as a man of my word, we have the America Imno going on right now. Because uh, we bet that if America was to win, we would play it on the next episode. Anyways. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Episode 350, a controversial super classico. And we're going to be talking about talk about the game, talk about the goal. Well, uh, like my friend Cascarita Legend said, Sch- Schrodinger's cat, you know, the ball is both in and out. We're, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we got some partidos moleros this weekend, so Liga Mekis will take a break. We're going to have Mexico versus Peru uh, on Saturday. Uh, hopefully, Joel will be present at that match, and then... They'll come over here to the Bay Area at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara uh, with Colombia, and, and I'll be there uh, covering the match. So excited about that. We also got some uh, fan mail that we're going to go over uh, this episode. And uh, we're live on Twitter Spaces, so if you're listening in, hop on, request to, to speak, and, and we can hear your take on the Clásico and see uh, if you were on the winning or, or losing end of that. But Joel, how are we doing tonight? I thought you were going to the Sedina. No. I don't know if I want to go now. Ah, no, nah, you got to go. You got to go, man. It's like a tour drive for me, so I don't know. Oh, shit, really? Uh... Yeah, traffic, yeah. Hey, man, two hours to go see uh, a Chivas player play against his own country. I, I mean, that's priceless, bro. Yeah, I do think Jerome is going on the record books because it's the first time in history, at least in known, in known history. Yeah, I mean, well, what about Sandejas? No. Yeah, but to play to play against, did you play against Mexico? Yeah, I'm not sure. Chivas are breaking a lot of rules, but. Obviously, Ormeño got called up for the national team for Peru, and he, he is expected to uh, make the trip. And they're not breaking rules. Well, this is a first for everybody. This is a first historical thing, and then we obviously have Sendejas, who uh, who's been who had at one point played for Chivas, and now he's at America. Author of the second goal uh, on Saturday. And uh, might play for the United States. We don't know yet. But uh, welcome, Al Pastor, to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you have a great night, a great start to your week. Thank you, sir. I am. Pastor. You're always washing dishes, man. What's going on? (laughs) Where are you guys hearing water? We can hear everything you're doing, dog. Oh, hey. 
estoy de mandilón. Al pastor, so um, talk to me, man. What are your first thoughts on this Chivas America Clásico we had on Saturday? Obviously, America won 2-1 with a bit of help. But uh, how are you feeling? Man, you know, I want to say a bit of help, but at the end of the day, I got to be critical on our own guys. Olivas, what are you doing, buddy? PK, first three minutes. Like, come on now. Uh, after that, Nene Beltran, we've been writing his nuts all season. My man disappeared all game. He, His most action was the ref giving him a red card. Uh, so I expect, especially the first half. You know, second half, he did all right. But first half, where was Nene? Where was Flores? Like, where was our midfield? And uh, another thing, Cadena, we're losing two to one. He subs out Vega. Yeah. Uh, and I know, like, Be- I, I know the commentator said Chivas has never beat America while Vega's playing. Vega has never scored on America. But at the end of the day, he was our most dangerous guy on the field. And you saw now for Ormeño, like, come on now. And then he took out Piojo for, uh, I can't remember who he took out Piojo for, uh, who was it, Perez? Pavel. Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing, Cadena? Like, that's the subs you make when you're up two to one, not losing two to one. So I had a lot of questions, man. I had a lot of questions. Uh, but my, my biggest concern was uh, Nene and Vega, uh, you know, they talked a little bit of smack before the game. I don't know where Nene was all game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks for reminding me a lot of what happened during the game because I kind of blacked out. Um, yeah, with the penalty within the first, like, five minutes of the match, it's like, all right, it's going to be one of those nights. And I'll be honest, for America being in the position that they're in with the players that they have, having the home field – Having everything in their favor, I was unimpressed with with the uh, what we actually saw on the field. For majority uh, of the game, I feel like Chivas were sort of dictating and and commanding the match. Obviously, they didn't have the goals to back it up, but I was I was disappointed with America, man. I, this should have been like a, a a display of of clear superiority, and I didn't see that. I just didn't see that. Yes. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if you're in first place, you got a nine-game winning streak. Obviously, you got broken uh, against Santos, but I, I expected them to be like, all right, let's 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 prove that we're the better team, you know, and to go 2-1, I'm not convinced, man, uh, especially with the, with the quality of players that they have. Um, and Chivas, you know, like I, with Ricardo taking out – our most dangerous player. I don't know if maybe there was like an injury. I don't know if like La Selección asked to rest him. Like, I really don't know like what happened there, but yeah, those substitutions were a little bit questionable to say the least. And speaking of questionable, a Maori had a Canelo fight instead of the game. Oh yeah. You had a Canelo. Um, I don't know. Like, he didn't. He didn't go out of his way to like say that he was at the Canelo fight, but, um, yeah, they, they there was a photo taken of of uh, Amaudi and Canelo together. And uh, uh, what was he doing over there? Was he asking for a sponsorship? Was he saying, "Hey, Canelo, you're from Guadalajara. She's <laughs> struggling. You gotta save the institution." 
Like, yeah. what is going on, man? Like, like this is one of the big, you know, one of the biggest criticisms I always had for Jorge was that he was too hands-on. I'm like, hey, man, let the professionals do their job. This is what you're paying them for. Right. But Amadi's like the total opposite. It's like, le vale madre. It's like, you don't care. Yeah, and, you know, we've had people in the past, uh, media fans say that he is, his, you know, attention is divided at best, and he doesn't really have intentions with Chivas. Like, it seems like he's doing a lot more. And, I mean, this just goes to show uh, you don't show face in the biggest match of the season. Um, but, you know, I mean, he's he doesn't have to be there, but it does help. It's like it just goes to show your intentions. Um, I didn't see any, any signs of Pelaz either, so I don't know what's going on with him. He's been really hiding in the shadows. You know what? Now that you mention it, I had not even thought about that. Like, there is no... <laughs> interview after you know usually he's praying the rosary and the sweet yeah nothing there's no images of him i had i didn't even realize that yeah yeah uh real quick Joel, i did have to mute you um so whenever <laughs> hopefully you're not talking into the thing right now but yeah you just unmute yourself when you're ready to when you're when you're finished on dish duty Joel. <laughs> um yeah i don't know what's going on with pelaz he's not showing his his face and we gotta talk about the the controversy. Was it was it old menu who that headed that ball? I forgot who headed that ball. Uh, I don't I don't think old menu was in the game by then. Oh, okay, I think it was because uh, that that was before uh, Chipotle scored, right? I think old was not in yet. Um, I don't remember who it was, but all I know is on that replay, they only showed. So I was watching it on Canal Cinco, and Canal Cinco showed like one replay, and that was it. So I don't know if it was like bias or what. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know like uh, through the end, it didn't didn't show anything until like after. And it was all right. So when I saw the play, I'm like. It was too. It was too. Like in live action, that's a tough one to call. It has to be like quite obvious, like for it to be like the referee to like to call it a goal. But like, don't we have like goal line technology, man? Like, what what has like FIFA been doing in the last like twenty years? Because I remember at one point they were experimenting with like putting like a chip inside the ball, and it would notify it would notify like the referees that the ball crossed the line. So it's too expensive. You want to know something crazy? La Liga doesn't have goal line technology. Really? It's just too expensive. It's the way the big bosses see it is rather have a controversy two, three games out of the season uh-huh. than invest like twenty million into it. Oh, is that how much it costs? Yeah, it's just like super expensive and like for the amount of times it happens through the season when there's controversy, it's just not worth them paying to it. The only term is I have it is uh Premier League, Champions League, World Cup, Euros. Oh, damn. You know, like the top tournaments. But La Liga don't have it. Uh, other top tournaments don't have it. So, yeah, MLS don't have it. Yeah. I-, I wonder why it costs so much because, like, my, like, I guess you have to, like, embed the whole ball in some kind of, like, chip or something because it, ha- it has to be the whole ball, right? You can't just be, like, the center of the ball. It has to be, yeah, I guess it's a little bit tricky, but. 
I don't know, bro. There's like NFC now. I mean, I feel like there's so many like Bluetooth. Like, <laughs> I feel like there's ways to do this. Like, yeah, the part that just I don't understand is, I mean, there's like plays where they're less controversial, and the ref goes to VAR. He looks at the screen, uh-huh. he talks on his headpiece like for 20 minutes, and this was like a one-two minute thing. And let's go, let's keep going. I'm like, come on now. Yeah. You know, like, go look at it. Show like three, four, six different different angles. No, it's just like a quick one, two, no goal, let's go. I was like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that the referee didn't even like bother looking at it, it's, it's what adds to the controversy. But I'll be honest, man, like I don't think it's a classical without some sort of you know controversial event that happens. Like I think that's like every classical always like when I think about like the ones in the past that I still think of today, like I remember there was one classico in particular where it was back and forth. It was in El Azteca. It was in the early 2000s. And like Ramon Morales like missed a penalty kick and it got to like the wire and Chivas were hanging on for dear life. They had the lead. And then like literally the last play of the game, America has it in Chivas's like goal. And Hector Reynoso with like both hands dives to save the ball. And, like, it was, like, the most obvious handball ever, but it wasn't called. And then that's how the game ended. And, like, obviously it was, like, a huge talking point for the rest of the week. And, like, that's just the kind of shit that happens in a Clásico. Like, there's going to be some controversy. There's going to be a, a play that doesn't go your way. And that's, like, kind of part of, like, the history of the game. And I don't know, man. Like, I was expecting something like this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If there's no controversy, then what's going on? Uh, but like I said in the beginning, I think Chivas disappointed on different levels from players to coaching staff, from substitutions to midfield to Olivas in the beginning. Uh, one thing I did like, uh, Wacho, he definitely mentally recovered from those mistakes he made against Tigres. He looked very solid. I still don't think he's at that level of where people are trying to put him at, like Oswaldo Sanchez. No, definitely not. I still think he's a second-string goalie, but, you know, he's still responding well for the most part. But, yeah, man, hopefully now it's just make it to the Guilla. Yeah, ver qué pasa. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you put anybody in the back of the net, it's not going to change the outcome of the game. Although he might have done a little bit better on Zendekas' goal. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but, man, talk about solving an open wound. You know, you talk about a player that had been at Chivas in, like, 2016. <gasps> really never got the opportunity. And uh, went to Necaxa. Had a great, great spell over there. Now, now he's at America. Uh, I would say this is probably the best moment of his career. Maybe trying to squeeze into a, a World Cup roster. We don't know, but... If you're Zendejas, I mean, how, how satisfying was it to score against your ex? You know, I would say that uh, I don't even think he sees it as an ex because, like you mentioned, he was never really given a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some picture floating around. It's like him and Vega promoting that summer tournament in the U.S., what it's called, the uh, League's Cup? IC, the International oh, Champions Cup. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's like it says like Chivas wingers and that has uh, Chivas forward Vega, and they're like both promoting it. 
But he was never, like, really given a chance here. Yeah. And this is, like, one big argument that I have with uh, Chivas Hermanos is when they say, man, how come he didn't ball out like that here? And I'll be like, bro, it's not the same to ball out when you're playing, like, with Fidalgo, Henry Martin, Viñas, Roger Martinez, Jonathan Dos Santos, to playing, like, <clears throat> Vega and, like, two, three average guys. Yeah, like, but, but you know, you know, better when you're playing with ballers. It, it's not just that. Like, I mean, I agree with what you said, but sometimes it could be the coach or just the playing system. Because you could be in a team that sucks and still ball out and still stand out as a player. Um, so I, I do think who whoever is in charge at the time, if if they they give you enough playing time or or you just fit in well with that you'll look good no matter what, even if your teammates aren't that good. You'll, yeah, you'll and that's something shine. that America has done really well. It doesn't matter who the coach is. They always play that style where they have the two wingers cut in and they have like a striker like sitting there. Like their playing style, you know, you might, uh, who is it? Uh, I can't remember his name. The one that won the bet. Um, Man, was he's always on here. He won the bet. Tell me about Ricardo. But yeah, Ricardo. Like Ricardo might argue the four-three-three works, doesn't work. But for the most part, America plays with two wingers that like are very good at cutting in, and then a nice solid striker. Like their style hasn't changed that much, and they're very good at finding those wingers. As opposed to Chivas, they're always experimenting different styles. Yeah, when they went through all those coaches, um, and even and even before, like the recent the recent coaching carousel when they had Carvalho uh, and they had uh, Thomas Roy, and the list goes on. And then even before that, you had another long line of coaches, and each one would come in with their own ideas. And I I do think that ended up affecting some of the younger players. Every other season was like a whole different, a whole different system with a bunch of players that hadn't even consolidated. You know, one thing that I've noticed with Chivas is it's really hard to break into the first team if you're like new. Because look at look at like Chapo, look at Ponce, look at Brizuela, man. They've been at the club for like a long ass time, and like no one's really been able to dethrone them. Even though we bring in players like. Um, Mosso and uh, who's the who's the guy that we loaned out to Cruz Azul? I forgot his name. You loaned out to Cruz Azul? Yeah, we loaned him out to Cruz Azul and Pumas. And oh, he, uh, Mayorga. Mayorga, yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about. Like, I don't know if they just have so much pull because they've been at the club for so long, and like, like they just have like a contract where they play majority of the matches, but like. I don't know, man. I feel like it's been the same Chivas team for a very long time. And, like, when you're a young player and maybe, you know, let, I mean, let's talk about Zendejas. He's like a pocho, you know. He he uh, he played for the United States. And then, you know, Chivas asked him to switch sides and to stop taking call-ups. So I'm sure, like, going into that locker room and it's like a Mexican-only, like, locker room, I'm sure there was some, like, he was not, like, fitting in with the team or something. Because you hear that a lot, right? You hear that a lot about players that just kind of get pushed to the side. 
And it, it doesn't make sense, though, because, like, they're refuerzos, so, like, you would think that Chivas would use them, but a lot of the times these players just, like, ride the pine. Like, Alexis Pena, we bought him from Necaxa, and I don't, even, I don't think he ever played for Chivas. It was, like, weird, man. Yeah, and uh, you bring up a great point, something I completely forgot. Why did Chapo start? Like, I love Chapito for everything he's given to Chivas in the past. But why did he start? He should not be starting a Clásico. And I know, uh, I'm pretty sure Cadena, when he started him, he was going back based on history. Like, Chapito's not going to get smoked. He's not going to get beat on that side because he loves the jersey. He's tattooed on his body. Like, he's going to give his heart. He's, you know, he's going to die for the jersey. Man, it don't matter how much time you have. If you no longer have the pace, the talent, the skill to keep up with the talent America has on that wing, is like pointless. Like to me, I did not understand that. You know what it reminded me of? Another stupid move. When Aguirre started Bofo against Argentina <laughs> in 2010. And the reason Aguirre started Bofo, because Bofo played well against Boca Juniors. So he said, you know, he has a good game against Argentinians. So he's probably going to do well also. I'm like, why are you dwelling in the past? Chapito should have not started that game. Yeah. Pinedos. But you know, going into the World Cup in the friendly games, because they played, um, I think it was Holland, Italy, I don't know who else. Hopefully, we looked good in those games, which he ended up. We played like, against an African team, too. Yeah. It's how he ended up, you know, winning the start. Um, and then he had been looking good. At, was he playing at Hawaii's at the time? He was carrying that team. Um, I know he looked fast in that match, and it was the only match he played. And I agree with you, like, for a player that hadn't been getting any playing time and then to throw him in that match. That was... feel that was like... Yeah, I just think it was a dumb decision. And uh, same with Chapito. Like, I get what you were trying to go with, like, Jersey over anything, like the emotions that he's running through him. But no, nah, he should not start it. Yeah. He's not at the level of that the young America talents that. Um, speaking about America, you know, Pastor, you mentioned about how like where where was the midfield? Where was Nene? Where was where was dude? Freaking Fidalgo, bro! God damn, that guy's like that guy. Like I didn't really I don't watch America games, but god damn, bro, that guy is Baller. that guy is the fucking hungry hungry hippo, bro. He just takes all the balls in his mouth, yeah. bro. They want to naturalize him already. This, this conversation is going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one good thing Solari did for America. Definitely brought them on. That dude was, he went pro with America. He had never played first division before playing with America. I wonder if he could, like, is he eligible to play for the national team if he was to get. Yeah, he hasn't played for Spain. Oh, as see. As long as he becomes a Mexican citizen if he wants to, yeah. I'm down for the cause. We don't have a player like that. It takes a couple of years, though. I don't know how many. I mean, yeah, he's been in the too. I think it was like five. Remember, but... remember when um, Biojo took over the Selección and he was also coaching America and they were trying to get fucking uh, Rubens, like, expedited? Oh, yeah. Rubens Samuesa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it can happen. You never know. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen this cycle, but that is a great player, man. That, he he did a great job. Also, the center backs for America, props to them because 
they actually did do a great job. There was a play with Alexis Vega where like one on one and I thought he was gonna score, bro, and then just like a fucking toe, man. Cassid is man. Uh he's from Uruguay. I think he's young. I think he's like twenty one, twenty two. That was I know what you're talking about. That was a very baller uh play by him. Yeah. And like that's a tendency that Chivas players have to like they have a tendency of like doing one too many one too many step overs or one too many moves. It's like, dude, you should have just shot it, bro. Like you had your chance. <laughs> yeah. So Joel, I gotta ask you well, the, I mean, the question, man. Was yes. that was that goal? Was that ball in or out? I don't know, man. It's hard to tell. I, I do think they should at least come to bar. I agree. But yeah, those those angles that I'm getting, it's it's difficult judging off of that. All right, let me ask you this question: Was the dress white or blue? <laughs> or was it gold what, or what go- dress? No, like that one. What are we talking about? It was like that one photo that went viral. It was like the go- the dress was like either gold or it was like <laughs> blue, and people were like, "No, it's it's white. It's gold. Like, what are you? What are you colorblind?" I feel like that's the same thing we're going through right now. It's like the ball's in, and then you have like the people put the perpendicular lines, and they get their their protractor out, and they're trying to explain distortion, and like I don't know, bro. <laughs> well, that picture I just shared right now, the part I don't understand is his foot is a part of his foot is behind the line, and the ball is completely behind his foot. So you think that's a goal, but yeah. there's a. Uh, there's a picture where they show from the opposite side, and you're like, okay, that's not a goal. Um, but honestly, I don't even ar- want to argue about that because yeah. then we had the one with uh, Gudino where, like, it barely didn't touch or did touch. It was the same controversy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm Yeah, I mean, like, we, like, we've been on both sides of the coin. I still feel like we as a team, we uh, left a lot to ask for. Yeah. No, like, I agree. Like, I think it's kind of, like, pity. Kind of, like, or not pity. Kind of petty to, like, basically judge the whole game off of that one play. Like, Chivas should have attacked more. They should have had more chances. And they should have, like, not dwelled on that that decision. Obviously, it could have changed the outcome of the game. Um, But then to go after the game and, like, complain to the referees about how he... He blew the whistle too early. Like, dude, you guys had 90 minutes to get the job done, bro. Don't. Uh, after that, like, stoppage time can be so subjective. Um, It's like you had the entire game to get the job done. You didn't. And now it's like as a last resort, you're trying to argue with the referee. But it's like it ne- it's never going to go your way. I've never seen, like, a player argue with the referee after he blew the whistle. And the referee's like, you know what? You're right. Let's Let's play on for another three minutes. Like, that never happens. I don't know why. I don't know why they tr- they still try to argue with the ref. Like, dude, nothing's gonna change. If anything, it's gonna it's gonna mess up your like next game. Like you're gonna, like just what happened. Like Ned again, the red card. He's not gonna be eligible for the last game of the season, uh, of the regular season rather, uh, against Cruz Azul. So it's like I don't know, bro. Heat, heat of the moment. It's the heat of the moment. Yeah, I started off with the PK against first five minutes. Uh, not ideal. Too, too much Chihuahua. Um, I say America. This was their third classical win. 
They beat Cruz Azul, well, it was a 3-0, and they beat, I mean, Pumas. They beat Pumas 3-0, and they humiliated Cruz Azul. So what, like 7-0? So, and then they beat Chivas, man. They, you know, good, good season for them so far. I, I think right now they should be number one candidates for the league title. Oh, for sure they are number one. I mean, who else is up there? Monterrey and Pachuca, and that's it. I mean, Santos is doing pretty decent, too. (laughs) I had to put it on for Ricardo. He's on. (laughs) I think I, I like summon him like Beetlejuice. I, I said I the, three classic, the three classic, the three classic, the three classic wins, and and he appeared. Yeah, he got the derecho of Henry Martin. <laughs> you know, I actually wanted Henry Martin when when the rumors popped up and people were hating. I said, you know, I like that guy. He has he he hasn't been looking good, but he obviously has. He has his biceps registered as guns <laughs> he has something you know he's he's shown he can score i've been wanting him since he was at tijuana um so yeah we ended up with romeño um but <laughs> such, such is life let's hear it ricardo welcome to the show man El aficionado del Guadalajara no tiene el valor para pedir un cambio. No tiene el valor porque es una afición alcahueta, apapachadora, mediocre. Sí, ¿tú qué le vas a las chivas? ¿Tú qué le vas a las chivas? Tienes el valor para pedir un cambio. No. Ricardo, that guy has been cursing you ever since he switched from Cruz Azul to America. ¿Te incas? Good evening, gentlemen. I'm gonna remind them that when he when he jumped ship, Cruz Azul won the league, and America hasn't won it. I, I would send them back, dude. I would I would send them back. He's got bad juju, man. I'll be like. Well, <laughs> buenas noches to my favorite chiermanos yet again. <laughs> Welcome, Ricardo, to the show. How are we feeling? How's the air up there? It's rather chilly, but I'm so glad you guys invited me um, back onto the show. And to respond to Puel, I, I can't just... Alvaro Morales is like my Andrew Tate, man. When he talks, <laughs> I have to listen. He he's like my moral compass. I have to, I I go in that direction, you know. So you would quit America if they were ever to go into a dry spell, and you would be like, you know what, f this team. Um, no, I'm... I I don't know about all that, but oh come on, we got to stay on topic, man. America, he he did America's it on air, on dude. Oh yeah, they, they are. They... And I I don't know which one of you. Uh, I, I had to hop on. Because one of you guys mentioned my my, my guy, El Niño Polla, Fidalgo. That guy was <laughs> all over. Was, oh, no, that was, that was uh, me. 
That was Jaime. He never seen him. He, he never seen Nino Polla. And then he... mm-hmm. it's very easy <laughs> to acknowledge that guy because he is an excellent player. And a lot of you Chiermanos are criticizing America because we because we he was a second division Spain player. It goes to show you. Now, just because it's second division in another country, uh, no, quality can be all over the place, man. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Nacho Ambriz knows a thing or two about second division in Spain. Yeah. Camoranesi is a good example. He he came to Max playing in second division of Argentina. Yep. And and then he went, he ended up going to Italy. I think he, he played in Serie B first with Kievo, and then he went to Juventus, and then he ended up being, you know, nationalized Italian and winning the World Cup. Or or Pedri, the 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 perfect the man of the moment right now. He was in second division and Barcelona got him, and now he's all over. He's yeah. everywhere. Yeah, no, I, I've never been like that, like critical of like, oh, because they played in second division. Um, Lajos Iwasaki, goalkeeper for Mex in '86, he was. He was a second division player in Mexico, mm-hmm. and he was um starting keeper. Um, dude, even going further, when Mex played Angola at the All Six World Cup, uh-huh. the goalkeeper for Angola they didn't even have a club. The dude was playing um Cascaritas, man. Damn, it's like uh the new uh not New Zealand. Is it New Zealand? He, he's not, Iceland. He's the only white guy, huh? Iceland. Like, like the Iceland and uh, what what year did they go to the World Cup? 20... Oh, they were all like semi-pro. They're all like dentists and plumbers back home. Taxi stuff. That's crazy. So, Ricardo, um, with you know, you guys won, but with an asterisk because obviously that was a goal that Ochoa saved. It's been proven. It's a goal. <laughs> the ball had. No, never. <laughs> a lot you cheer the cheer mando crying over the weekend has been nonstop. It's been unbelievable. <laughs> you guys have been over the top. You you t- you took it to another level this weekend. It's oh such an appropriate God. name for a fan base. Chie 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 all weekend. Well, let let me give you my point of view of the of the game if you. If you guys permit the number one fan to give his breakdown of the game. Let's hear it. Well, to start off is not a goal because the, by the rules, the entire ball has to cross the line. Uh-huh. And there's no clear shot of the ball ever. The entire ball going past the line. So that argument, that argument is shut down. And the same, no one's bringing, and everyone's uh, stuck on that point, right? But that, if let's say it was a goal, that was when America was up two zero. Mm-hmm. So, so, what, so what everyone's telling me is that let's say that goal counts. So everyone's assuming that that second goal that happens because of a chicote, big yeah, chicote scored it. But everyone's giving Vega credit, and yeah, he he threw the cross. But it was the it was the lame clearance by uh, Cáceres that land that landed perfectly in Chicote's uh, leg and in his way to score the goal. 
So it wasn't exa- exactly a perfect cross if, if the way everyone's. It was a great assist from your own player. Is it an assist though? It was the guy, the uh, Cáceres cleared it and it just happened to land close by the. No, the I mean, box it's, for... it's an assist for Cáceres. I don't know like who gets the assist on that play, like on paper, but that was obviously an America assist right there. <laughs> and they were, and you guys were trying to say it was offside. And I was like, oh, here we go. You know, they're gonna t- they're gonna they're gonna get get the VAR out and they're gonna say, Oh, it wasn't a goal. But then they obviously saw the header and yeah, it was it was your own players. Um well, yeah. that it's definitely a goal and it's not an offside and Chicote when he when he gets older, he gets to tell his kids I scored <laughs> on America three times. Four. For Chicota, the king of Chicotazos, give him the trophy, Chicotazo king. <laughs> but n- never in that game did I see Chivas have a clear shot, or was I ever worried oh. that, that America was going to lose the lead? Well, I said this uh, earlier before you hopped on, and I was like, for the team to be in first place, to be on a nine-game winning streak, to, to have all like the... Just like looking, comparing player to player of these squads, I expected more from Medic. I, I expected a beatdown, bro. I expected at least like a four four goal game from a Medic. Based on what you know, everyone's been hyping this team up for and 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 everything. Like I expected it to be a very clear winner, but for their for most parts of the game, Chios was like controlling. They were setting the tone. They were the ones with the most possession. They were the ones doing the more the you know for for some parts of the game. I would say in the beginning. So it was like, I don't know. I'm not really impressed. And um but that's how classicals are, man. They're always they're always a little bit tighter than than what people expect them to be. So so let me get this straight though, Jaime. You went into this game thinking your team was gonna lose? No, I expected them to win. And I said on the podcast I expected Chios to win two one. And obviously that didn't go our way, but I was like not disappointed with like oh because I know, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a dominating performance by America. Let me just put it that way. It it really wasn't. It wasn't dominant. No, but it they like I said, they weren't really in that much trouble either. Aside from that, Chicotego. Yeah, just like almost every game this season, Chivas led in shots, seventeen to eleven, uh, possession fifty four percent, passes. And pass accuracy. So, like, on paper, they they outperform America. Obviously, the finishing has been a struggle this entire season and for, like, the last couple of years. Like, Chivas just failed to capitalize on their opportunities. But, I mean, like I said, it was, it was a closer game than what most people expected. And it it should have been 3-1, though, that... that... That play that hit the crossbar, Vinas got in the way and and didn't allow Valdez to continue. Oh. So it should have been three one. Yeah, well, I mean, it could have been you know uh, two two. Argue that you can make a bunch of arguments, but speaking of arguments, Ricardo so America, you know, nine wins in a row. What was it now? Ten. Uh, you know, definitely dominant in the league. What happens if you guys lose in the first round of Liguilla? Again, after <laughs> Liguilla to go away to go back to a long format season what happens there oh no they no we're winning it this year you're describing the tactics your team uses 
like El Llorón de Pelais when he went to go cut to the to the artery. The did you guys see that photo where he's uh he's uh, waiting outside the the ref's room? No. He has un chillon. No, no, no chillando. But you guys got rid of Solari because he was winning the tournament, the season, but not la liguilla. So Tano, same thing. He puts you in two liguillas. He doesn't like deliver the championship. Do you stick with Tano? Depends, man. But I'm not. I'm not having negative thoughts affect my my mojo or my groove right now, man. Like. America's going all the way to the top. Let, him, let him have his moment. And, and Chivas is gonna is gonna be right there, looking on on the step below, looking up as we take that 14th title. I don't know, man. If Chicota starts, there might be something else to be said about that. Chicote. Yeah, man. Chicote. The, the Mexican Sergio Como Guardado with Ochoa. Guardado would always score against Ochoa. I don't know why Cadena didn't start Chicote, man. Chicote could have had two, three goals that game. All right, man. I'm, I'm going to say that guy's a bum. Chicote <laughs> or Cadena or both? Both of them, but especially Chicote. Eres un estúpido. You don't like the Mickey Mouse hat, too? That, that, guy, that guy, all he's good for is drinking that vodka and... Was it? Well, didn't wasn't isn't this the same guy that that painted his room the Atlas colors? And now he's a Chiva, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah. Damn, you know a lot about Chicote, man. I didn't even know that. He knows a lot about Chivas. He knows yeah. more about Chivas hey. than we know about Medico. Uh, uh, hey, I've I've never denied I'm the number one hater. <laughs> You're like Nardwar, bro. You know things that mm-hmm. even we we forgot. Like, how do you know that? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what happens this season. You know, America in the past complained about the away goal rule when they got eliminated by Pachuca and they were in a similar situation as far as being like top of the league. So, I mean, for a team to be pretty far from the pack, I mean, Rayados is right there with 34 points in second place, Pachuca with 31, Santos with 30. Um it's safe to assume that America will probably clinch first or second place. I don't know what your last game of the season looks like, but you know, you're going to have everything in your favor, home field advantage. And uh, I'm just looking forward to the fall. Like a deck of cards, right? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, like, a, like what are those called? The Those, those, Little things that they dominoes? build with the card. But yeah, I guess dominoes, yeah. But... <laughs> no, but you guys are, you guys, that's why I'm the number one fan. You guys bring up some great points. But I'm, I, I'm, I enjoy listening to other people's opinions all the time. And I can't help but to mention what Hector Huerta said on Picante. America is el animal de liguillas, man. And we have something nothing, no other team has right now. Is la sangre ganadora, man? No, no other team has that. You mean, um, as far as like in terms of history or in recent success? Because like, what's the last time you guys won? 
It's been a while. I, I do think his, I do think historically they do have the best record in in Ligas. America's numbers across the board are really good. I can't judge. I I can only judge them on the number of league of Ligas they the finals they make. They lose and they win, man. I can't be like Chivas stuck in the past. Worried about the most <laughs> titles, man. Yeah, we can't we can't be like Chivas um, calling Pro the '85 a, a legitimate title. Yeah, and you guys competed in it and you didn't win it, right? <laughs> Were you gonna claim that as a title, though? Yeah, because you didn't win it. <laughs> I don't think we would, we, man. We both had twelve. Nah. Well, technically, America has 17, but that's a conversation for another day. Oh, interesting. Is, is you're adding the like, amateur era? Oh, see, you say amateur, but if players are getting paid in that area, in that era, oh. can you, that, if that amateur label goes away, doesn't it? True, but it wasn't, it wasn't a league. It wasn't like a unified league. So it was just like a AFL league. Yeah, and you joined teams. after, right? No, they they kind of combined the leagues, like no, no, like the F in Occidente, and then they made it's like the, they made like kind of like NBA when they had um the ABA, ABA NBA, right? Yeah, and if yeah, and then NFL. they made so it was sort of similar where you had Occidente and you had and you had um the F um Capital and and they made the Super League. Um, you're you're right, Hall, but in this case, America is the NBA and Chivas is the ABA. You guys joined the NBA, so no. Wait, though- wait, Chivas, yeah, but when Chivas won all those chips, it was in that because they had also championships in in their Occidental League, but. But it's like when I'm, it's I'm like when Pele was like counting his goals from like amateur. <laughs> he was like his backyard. In his backyard. You can't call it amateur if you're getting paid though. Bro, Pele had a little pickup game in his backyard and said, "Those count. Those goals count." <laughs> pro, pro, that actually counts now, but FIFA didn't make it official until. Eleven years later, they got bullied. It it took eleven years, but it, it's it wasn't originally it wasn't a a league title, and and I'll tell you how you know this because they didn't give the trophy the the regular trophy. They didn't award that. They they gave a different trophy that Pronosticos Deportivos. So that's the name of the. It was like a caliente, you know, like how they have caliente betting. So it was pronostico deportivos pro and, and they're they're the ones that were promoting the tournament, which was a mini tournament. Um, that and, Chivas and competed so, in, right? Everyone competed in, but mm-hmm. when when that tournament was designed, it wasn't as teams teams weren't playing in it thinking that it was going to be the league title. They were just. It was just a tournament, so a lot of teams weren't taking it serious. Um, That's very convenient to say after all these years, Hoel. No, it's it's documented. You even have you could even pull up 
um, newspaper from that time with the with the FMF president at the time mm-hmm. saying that it wasn't going to be a league title, which is why they didn't give the trophy. And that's why they weren't going to have relegation for that season, which they didn't. So it, it, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't league. Doesn't Monterrey have one just like that? But no one makes a big deal about that one. I think it's with the 70. I think the 70 is. Yeah, Monterrey has a 70, right? Wasn't that Cruz really? Monterrey? Same situation, but. Like they won Mexico 86. Because they. I'm looking at the honors yeah. right now. Hold on. Mm. Could be Monterrey. No, I mean you're you're going way back. I don't know what was said back then, but I mean that's why the, that's why it's called Prode. Is when you're looking at the campeonatos, it, it it says Prode. It doesn't. Why would it have that asterisk sticking out? You know? uh, in the 1970 tournament, the uh, 1970s, the tournament was split into two short tournaments due to the 1970 World Cup that was taken to Mexico for the first time. The club was placed in Group 1, where they managed to finish second with 17 points, one less than group leader Toluca. In the second part of the tournament, the club finished seventh. The following year, Monterrey finished runner-up to Club America, who went to win the league against Toluca. Yeah, so it sounds like America is the one that benefited from that, not Monterrey. Monterrey didn't win their first title until 1986. Yeah, that was the, the follow-up of Prode 85 was Mexico 86, but I, I don't know much of, like, that one. Um, I think that one was already, like, agreed upon to be the, like, the league now, like, the league commencing, like, trying to catapult half of the country hosting the World Cup. Well, we could only go off what the maximum authority says. And if FIFA says it's a title, I'm going to say it's a title. Wait, I have, yeah, a, I, mean, I have a question. I'm looking at the Pro 85 bracket. Why was there three games? Because it, it was never a league. It was just a tournament. What it was like a little that? tournament. So you didn't play every, every, every team in the league. They just played like eight games. And then they had like a mini liguilla. So they didn't. They didn't even play. I don't think even half the teams in the league. No, I mean I'm looking at the the playoffs, right? And each team played each other three times. That's hella weird. So America lost the first game against Tampico Madero four one. Then they won the second game four zero. But then there was a third game that ended in five four. So weird. I've never seen that before. Man, there's, would there's do it asterisks all over this title, bro. I don't know how y'all claiming this as a legitimate title, bro. This looks like a joke. FIFA claims it, hey, man. Take it up with them, man. It's like <laughs> I'm watching uh, Cobra, Kai, Cobra Kai right now, and, like, the antagonist is, like, doing everything in their favor to, like, win tournaments and pay off refs. And, like, this is just the same situation, bro. You guys are the Cobra Kai of Liga Mekis. Just, like, pure evil. Well, well, to me, I, I don't see it as league because to me, it's if you play every team in the league if you win the league, right? That's that's just pretty simple, basic across the board. Any league in the world does that. 
you get to play each team in the league. That didn't happen in these mini tournaments. Um, the, the teams kind of agreed, but for that one, the, the guy is, you could see his interview, like his newspaper interview saying that this is not a league tournament. So you guys went as far as to diminish an America title just to just to excuse the fact that Chivas has been in the shitter forever, man? No, you know what? Because I, I said it before. Even even if you take that away from America, like like the majority of the record, top to bottom, they're still the better team. They still have, like, the most wins, the most, you know... I think the big difference... Uh, they've done the most points, they've done... I think where they can really, like, basically do their little... Um, is is international tournaments and trophies. Oh, yeah. America brought the the international fame to Liga MX when they introduced the... was that tournament called the Interamericana? Yeah, that was Where between... They beat Boca that first time. Yeah. Uh, if you see so it, America's it looks league. sketch. They, they play like three games. Okay. <laughs> they had a lot, like, if you see the first two and, and you see the, I mean, if you could pull it up, pull it out, whip it out, what, you'll what, see. What, uh, <laughs> what was it? Interamericana. The Interamericana. That used to be, it used to be like the Club World Cup. You know, you know how like, uh, the South no, American the, champion used uh, to... I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, because there was two. I think it was intercontinental. I think yeah, that was between you, you South America and Europe. Yeah. That was the old one. and then But but there was one for a short... It was played a few times. I think Pumas won one as well. Yeah, they played three times. Boca won 3-0 in La Bombonera. Then they play yeah. the second leg in El Azteca, 1-0 for America. And then... See, who right there, right there, the game, that's it. You, you know what it was. And then they played again <laughs> two days later. It was basically until America won. So they played a third time, and America won that one, 2-1. Does Chivas have that trophy? We don't have much they of an international they, trophy. They could discontinue, man. Eh? We have, like, one Coca-Cola It doesn't exist league anymore. In 1962. Uh, you guys we are really had, disappointing no, we, had, we, we just won a, yeah. another one like recently, but yeah, up until then we just had one. But Chivas had two actually. They they oh yeah, Concacaf stole one from them. Yeah, they so, had already won it. Yeah, they won it on like they got to the final, and then the, it was some team from Haiti, and they couldn't even they couldn't even make the match, and it got rescheduled a few times, and they were never able to. To get to the game, and so then she was left on a, you know, on a hit out to Europe, and all of a sudden, um, Haiti could play the game, and they were saying, "All right, well, you have to play." She was perfect because they weren't even in Mexico; they were, they were in Spain, and and so then Concacaf just gave, gave that team uh, the the trophy, which is pretty stupid. Puma. Porque perdió el Puma. No sirve para nada. 
yeah. Um, I do want to get to a voicemail that was left by one of our fans. Uh, let's see if it works. Caballeros. My name's Cristiano. I live in the Twin Cities. Um, I am just wondering, I know we're about a little less than four years out, but I'm wondering if you guys could give me a brief overview for 2026 for the World Cup. Um, I, I, I would like to go. I'm a L3 fan, but I, I would like to go down, and I just wanted to know if you could kind of compare the three host cities, Guadalajara, Monterrey, and, and Mexico City, and just kind of lay out what you think the fan experience would be um, and maybe the pros and cons of what spending a couple weeks. Uh, it sounds like it'll be in the summer, like it should be, but um, just wondering if you could uh, lay it out for me. Gracias. Shout out to our fan, Christian. He left that voicemail on our um, landing page on anchor.fm. So, yeah, you guys can leave us voicemails uh, if you guys are listening. Didn't know where, that. where was that guy from? I think he said Minnesota. He sounded Canadian. Man, there's Mexicans everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is, man. They just crossed the board and said, we'll just keep going. You know, it's crazy. We'll just keep going up. Um, yeah. Thanks for the voicemail, Christian. Uh, I can only speak for Guadalajara because that's I, I haven't been to Las Vegas, I haven't been to Monterrey, but I mean, I honestly think, uh, think that's where it's at right there. Guadalajara is a great city, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, nightlife there, um, and arguably one of the best, most modern stadiums in in the country. Obviously, Monterrey has a really nice one too. Um, but yeah, Guadalajara would be a, a great place to start. <laughs> I really don't know. Like we're so far away from the World Cup in 2026, so uh, until they release the schedule and what games are going to be going where, um, I mean, if his plan is to hit all three, it's I think it's going to be a tough shot. But if I could pick one out of the three stadiums to go to, like probably Azteca, probably Mexico City, because it's like a it's an entire world wait, out there. Wait, did, did, did Mexico City just had an earthquake? Oh, that's true. No, I would it, wait. I, I saw some of these buildings, man. They're they're like I don't know. I think it was actually closer to Jalisco because it was on the. They was, said it was in Michoacan. It was like Colima, no? Yeah, it was in Michoacan. Oh yeah. All yeah. right, all right. You're safe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which... Well, the World Cup's not gonna be in September 19th, so he's okay. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. Have you guys been to Azteca or the? <laughs> I've been to a, I've been to a steak up, but I say anywhere the fan experience is gonna be good, just because Mexico is a football country, and and the the Mexican fans aren't like they're not like hooligan types. You could be from the other team and they'll party with you. Um, so for the most part, except you just, you'll be <laughs> <laughs> you have to be extremely unlucky to to end up with. Maybe the America fan base, but I think yeah, I would wait to see what matches are being played where, and and then um, 
what games you want to see. And the travel within Max is, is not that far. Uh, either bus or airplane, it's it. The, some of these cities, they're not that far from each other. Well, I mean, from Nuevo León to Guadalajara, it's it's quite a drive. Well, yeah, but like flights, like yeah, uh, but you can get a flight, yeah. Yeah, I would say is uh to our listener, base it off the games, what games you want to see, depending on what city they're playing. Uh, you know, each city has something different to offer. I know Azteca is completely getting remodeled, uh, but at the end of the day, it's historic. You know, Pelé, Maradona, they have lived the World Cups up there. Uh, Mexico City is known for street food. Uh, it's phenomenal. But, you know, same thing, Guadalajara, you know, you could do like the tequila tours, everything. So I would go off first, what games you want to see, then base the city off that. And then second, what cultural stuff you want to explore? You want to visit like the tequilerias. You want to visit like, uh, you know, the different things that Mexico City has to offer as far as like art and things of that nature. Uh, Monterrey, the pyramids. You want to visit yeah, the pyramids. compadres bigotones besándose. Like you know, there's there's a lot of things. <laughs> uh, I put Monterrey there on the list. <laughs> Go to an America game. There. You'll see plenty of that going on. Oh, man. At least when you're in Guadalajara or Mexico City, you know, you're not going to run out of water. So I definitely. Uh, but you, or Mexico City but you, if you do want to see a historic site, the biggest toilet bowl is located in Guadalajara. That is facts. If, if he wants to go see that. Um, hey, you need aerial view. You need yeah. aerial view. Yeah, yeah you're right. Hey, that is the best toilet seat made for, <laughs> made for God. That is made for Zeus or whoever's up there. Um, well, I, I wanted to add something, Jaime. Uh, go ahead. I haven't really kept up with like the World Cup stuff, but uh, have has they been affir- has has it been affirmed that uh, Mexico the Mexico's group stage is going to be specifically held in Mexico? Yeah, that's the thing. We don't know. Yeah, that's you should take that into account, right? And and like it's crazy that that's even like uh like we even have to ask that question right because yeah. no other country would want to host any game outside of their own country right but you know the dollar is strong we'll see if it is in 4 years from now but i mean i would not be surprised if they had a game in like la or something <laughs> yeah that, that's what i was thinking like wouldn't they wouldn't fifa or or the world cup want to put that that Mexico game against Argentina in LA somewhere where they can cash out the money, right? Oh damn, that'd be fucking crazy. Yeah, no, that game has to be in El Azteca. Like, I yeah, think... that, that's where I hope it'd be, yeah. but you never know with these guys. Yeah. Um, what I'm gonna say to Christian and like, look, man, you don't have to wait four years to figure this out. Go to Mexico. Like, I just went over the summer. Um, if you want to catch a game in Guadalajara, <laughs> it's it's quite easy. There's an app called Boleto Mobile. And you can just literally, it's like the tick, it's like the stub hub or like the ticket master of, of uh, Chivas games. You can go in there. Uh, usually it's like the week of the game is when the tickets release. You can buy your ticket. Uh, it's pretty easy to get to um, the stadium. You, it's I just do Uber because it's so cheap. Um, and yeah, you can catch a game pretty easily. Um, getting out of that stadium is kind of a pain in the ass. Um, the taxis there have a, an agreement with the stadium, so... You can't catch any um, ride shares within like the, I don't know, within a mile of the stadium. So you have to kind of overpay for a taxi to get out or you can walk to the Oxo and, and get a ride from there. But uh, overall, like it's pretty safe. Guadalajara is a great town. They have 
a lot that you can do. They have a lot of art. They have a lot of music. If you want to go to, to tequila, to the city of tequila and get a tasting, like you can do that through your hotel. They usually have all these adventures for you to do. Uh, Puerto Vallarta is not that far from there. It's like a 30 minute flight. So yeah, you can have a lot of, you can have a really good time in Guadalajara. Um, I have yet to venture out to Ciudad de Mexico, but I mean, my advice to you, man, like you have four years, um, you have plenty of time to visit the cities and, and see for yourself which one you like the most and which one, you know, speaks to you. Cause everybody's different, you know, some people like to party and, and they're gonna, gonna like those party cities. Some people like to do more of the, the history or like the art, art kind of stuff. They like to do like more of a chill type of traveling. So I think every city has something to offer. Um, but yeah, definitely like if I had to pick between the two, it'd be like Mexico city, uh, or Guadalajara. I really can't speak for Nuevo León. Uh, cause it's, it's, uh, it's up North. I've never been, been over there, but, uh, we appreciate your voicemail. Um, how do we feel about these partidos moleros? We have one on Saturday. Joel should be in attendance over there at the Rose bowl, uh, against Peru. And then I'll be at the Levi's in Santa Clara for the game against Colombia. Um, but yeah, it's like, like the dress rehearsal before the world cup so like how, how are you guys feeling about these about these matches what's the point to be honest i could care less i'm at a point <laughs> where i'm club over country and uh, i'm just waiting for the world cup i mean we could go mexico to dominate the friendlies or whatever it doesn't matter all that matters is what they do in the world cup yeah, Al Pastor, I thought you were going to be more invested, man, because isn't Mexico playing Peru? You got you don't know which team to root for, man. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Yeah, no, of course, Mexico, man. That Peruano, I'm still mad about that Peruano mm-hmm. joining the team. If it was up to me, he would have never joined. And not because he's Peruano, it's because he has he had one goal in 12 months. Like, literally, that's what you bring as a refuerzo. And a messy goal at that, I can Hey, I'm gonna say this now. I'm gonna put this out in the in the universe. He's gonna end up scoring a very important goal for Chivas. Might might be like the, might be the goal that gives us a title or something. Like he'll end up doing the one that saves us from relegation. Once nah, it's it won't get that dark. But I think like it'll be like a a game winning goal in the in the Liga or Repechaje. Oh man, the way he runs, he reminds me of Harry Maguire. It's just I don't know. He he reminds me of Groot. It's Tronco. Tronquísimo. Hopefully he can use that to his advantage, you know, just shoot the ball at his face like a Chicharito goal or something. I don't know. Just have it ricochet off his body. But that's like, uh, sorry about that, Jaime. I just wanted to mention something. Like in the last show when Joel, he said something that uh, that's kind of looking to be true, man, about how, you guys are being sold like injured good players or players that that were good in other teams in different times and you guys are expecting expecting those players to perform the same way. Like Ormeño, you guys bought him when he was good at Puebla. But Larcamón has that system set up so he can he can make certain guys look real good and he's an example of that. Well you could see that what the strategy was when they subbed him in, you know, they were just gonna feed him crosses. Yeah, and use his height advantage, but it just didn't work out. Um, <laughs> 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 
Yeah, you guys sold us a freaking over the hill Peralta, so. But if you guys save your pennies up, we'll give you Henry next year, man. La bomba. <laughs> I, I was talking crap about him before the season started, but man, he's he's shutting me up. Like you mentioned, yeah, if, it goes, if it goes to the World Cup, I don't think they're selling him. They'll, they'll hold on then for like two more years, and they'll, they'll wait until that. he's like past the hill, and then they'll somehow sell him to Chivas. No, the the whole Peralta, the Peralta thing that was like some some dealing with Iguera where he really stuck it to the club because he he he's the one that negotiated it, and like. They knew that the player was injured, which is why he came in as a free transfer with Chivas paying like a, a percentage of his um, wages and then America paying the other half. And it was so clear that he was damaged goods when Santos didn't even want to touch him with a 10-foot pole because yeah. Chivas offered like he could take him for free, you know. And he could retire at Santos where he began, and they were like, nah, we're good. Didn't he begin no in Monterrey, though? <laughs> what? Peralta started at Monterrey. Oh, right, but Santos was where he... Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, he where, he, like, that's where he became, like... Actually, no, he started in Morelia. Morelia, León, Monterrey. Yeah, I was going to say Morelia, yeah. Yeah. All right, but, but Santos is where he was. Oh, on. yeah, he's a fucking legend he, over he, there. Yeah, that's where he exploded. So, uh, correction noted, Jaime. Uh, and yeah, he, he's he's one of their icons or our idols, whatever. And they didn't even want him. And, and that was sad to see because because I really value him as a player, uh, just having won the Olympics and and a lot of stuff that he managed to do. So it was pretty sad to see him like go out that way through the back door, you know, and just like. Where is oh, he now? Is he, is he just done? He retired? Yeah, he's just so car insurance or something. I'm surprised like he he's not playing in like uh, Division 2 or Central America or something. You know, he, I, he, he was too... Well, I mean, she was you know, playing him more like a million pesos a month. I mean, financially, I mean, he's, I think it's pretty sad. Yeah, and that was a whole Higuera thing where he, he kind of stuck it to the club on his way out. <laughs> you know, he sort of like farted and left, closed the door, and I was, I was. I you gotta imagine he 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 must have taken his chunk of that. Uh, I've seen uh, him upload some pictures. He was like in different facilities. He was at the Santos one, and at the America one. So maybe he's trying to coach. He's motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. He can be the next. Uh, Michelle Leano, what's the guy's name? Leano? <laughs> Leano never played professionally, though. Oh, you're right, you're right. Hijo de papi. Uh, looks like America pulled the old switcheroo on you guys then, huh? Yeah, well, with your undercover agent, because Higuera was Americanista, and that mm-hmm. still is. And, and, and Pelais, too, man. That guy loves America. Yeah, yes, but he, he got to wear the, the Chiwa jersey. He kind of like had a cleansing because he got, he got to put the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was baptizado and then he, he washed away his sins. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he played with Chiwas before he retired. So 
that's there's like a saving grace for me. Um, and you guys, but you guys got a lot of guys on the back end of the career. Uh, Luis Garcia, yeah, my favorite guy, Morcillo. After he we had uh, Lucho Perez, doesn't this just go back to retirement team? Yeah, doesn't this just go back to the fact that uh, you guys, Angel Reina, you guys are broke? Yeah, we never denied that. The club, yeah, the club hasn't had money in a long time, Mm -hmm. like, like, probably going all the way back to the 70s. Um, they just it it was straight out socios, it it was the only two like real clubs left in Mexico was Chivas and Atlas, where you had actual socios and they put money to fund the club and they each owned stock in the team. And those socios with Chivas are the ones that ended up, I don't know what they were doing. I've been trying to, I've been trying to get in contact with like someone that knows socios from back then because they're the ones that they kind of rented the team out to the promotora. But I feel these guys were kind of involved in that. And then promotora had the team for nine years and so, you know, you have nine years to clear your finances, but then it was supposed to be 10, right? So Vergara comes and he takes over the team. So it's like they had nine years to clear their finances, and but then when they had 10 years, and at the ninth year, they, everyone just sold their stock. So you have to wonder what, what was going on there, you know? But what was happening then? We, we know what was going on, dude. They pulled, a, <laughs> they pulled a dumb and dumber and started spending the money like crazy. They had to release full of IOUs. That's why I said that one time. It was Chiva on Chiva Crime. You guys sold yourself out. The, the socios? They sold their team out, man. Yeah. The those, majority are the, those are the real sinners, Joel, not America. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and then that, and then, so since then, the team hasn't really been. They never had that much money compared to whole, like you, the you other say, teams that came in. You, you, when you say that that they that they rented it out the team, like yeah, that's documented. But was that approved by FIFA? Like where, where, where else was that ever seen? A team being rented out like that? I don't, I don't think FIFA can do anything about club level. FIFA is mostly for oh, okay, for national team. I know they they did the whole. With the league, and I think that's more for like documentation purposes, like for the records, and that made it more valid when talking about like Prode. But I don't think they can step in and and regulate because they two years back I forgot who the president was, and they were trying to they were trying to tell them about multi propiedades, and then people. Nothing. They never really did nothing about it. Anything about it, I should say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I I do think they have like certain stuff that it's like you have to do if you're like affiliated. Because I do remember um, MLS wanted to do. Um, they wanted a bigger porteria. They wanted to the goal thing to be bigger. They wanted. Um, 
a, cu- a couple of things, man. There was a list out there. Someone was kind of funny. Uh, and then FIFA just denied it. Denied the majority, except for the shootout. Um, Mexico's going to have a Revelations Cup, I guess. Under 20. Another one? This time it's the men, though. Wait, when? That's what I'm trying to figure out because it says September 24th, but I don't know if that's... September 24th. Yeah, it's the same. That's this Saturday. That's the same game as, or same time, or same date as the senior. Talking about what are you talking about? Beach soccer with under 20. Uh, do you guys know uh, if those friendlies are gonna happen before the partido moleros, the selection games? I don't know, but it's USA, Mexico, and uh, I'm looking at this list, bro. I don't really recognize any of these kids. Either way, plenty of football action, I guess, on the international side. Um, as far as Liga MX action, there will be some makeup games on Friday. Puebla versus Pumas and Necaxa versus Mazatlan. And then after that, we won't have Liga MX action until the last week of September, uh, first week of October. So, yeah, Liga MX will be put on pause for now we're gonna have to watch these uh international friendlies and you know i i definitely uh concur with what you guys have said about not really looking forward to them and sort of being meaningly meaningless um my biggest concern is just like making sure everybody stays healthy because you know players get injured we already lost decatito just don't want to see any more injuries i think raul jimenez picked up another knock so it's like, Wait, isn't he out? Yeah, I think Wolves ruled him out. So maybe she take a sabbatical. She take like nine months off. <clears throat> Raul is at that point where he'll probably return to America, or maybe Tigres, right? Tigres or Monterrey will probably try and push. Tigres, Monterrey, Galaxy. Hey, take it easy there, Joel. <laughs> but this is another example of FMF whoring out their own product time and time again, man. The selección, the like, what's really the point of these games? And like I mentioned, those those part of that that uh, that that Bolero Clásico against Chivas in America. Like, don't these guys have enough money already? No, not, not Chivas. No. All yeah, right. Yeah, forget us. She was still hurting over the whole COVID thing. That, that really put a thin in their pockets. That's right. They're doing another classical, right? In Atlanta. Yeah, that's what I was mentioning earlier about those. Uh, were those games before the selection games? Is it on a Saturday? I don't really know, but it shouldn't be happening. I think games where they have one. Where they have them and they'll uh, put the, they'll put the Sunday. Game on the big screen. 
Sunday, September 25th at Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta, 430. The day after. Those dreaded bocho bucks are ruining the game, man. No, the money, the money helps the federación. They fund a lot of things with that. They say that, but we can't be for sure that they do. I wonder what if you mean, could, yeah, uh... they, they, if, if, wait, if you look at it, it's a lot of money they gave because the amount of games they play, uh, and then you have to add how much they get per game, and then they get on top of that TV money, and then add it to that all the sponsors that are American sponsors, Home Depot, there's a long list of American sponsors that they wouldn't they wouldn't be sponsoring Max if they weren't playing over here. So it's it's dude, it's a cash cow, right? They they get a lot of money. That's why um you you kind of we we saw an improvement with the youth teams as Mexico played more and more games in the US because now there was more money to like to, to put into those programs because before they, they never really took it as serious. And uh, so, I mean, you have, oh. uh, you have uh, two under 17s and an Olympic gold medal. Well, uh, let, let me just question you on that. Is that thing yeah. working or it yeah. just so happened to, no, it's, work, it's, to work out that way? No, it's, it's, it's similar have... to like when, when people, I have to go back to it, but when people say, oh, MLS is exporting a lot of players, right? Like, and they bring up Pulisic, right? But that guy's dad took him. He was a, it was his own effort to go yeah, to Europe. But, but it wasn't see, that, necessarily MLS. I, I keep telling you guys, you, you can't compare the same, like, MLS and, and like, Liga MX, where it's like, um, FMF is pretty much tied at the hip with Liga MX because... The Liga MX club owners make up the FMF. In the yeah. U.S. is different. The owners of the MLS teams, they're not in USSF. So completely separate entity. So we can't, we can't use that comparison where people say, um, they like to say that, oh, they, they all, they're helping the national team. That's why they send the players. And they're not really true. Like, players leave because, for the most part, they don't have these huge contracts like they get in Mexico. Yeah, but at oh. the end of the day, the rich get richer. I mean, yeah, the Moleros, do they bring in money? But we're saying the majority of the money is being reinvested. No, they probably reinvest a portion of it, and the rest is going into their pocket. And the but it's way more than who they would have had. That it hinders them. Because if they really cared about the youth teams, you know, Olympic gold medals and all that, they would put the league product as one main package, sell all the TV rights and say, hey, all you league teams, we're going to take a portion of this, hook up with La Federación and reinvest to our youth teams, have you guys invest in your youth teams because we want to export well, players. That's to be a combined see, effort. But that's why you can't. And uh, Federación. It's not like we're in these Moleto games in the U.S., make all this money, and then you guys do whatever you want. We'll put a little bit of money into the U teams, and that's it. I mean, same, I mean, we can't completely believe that, you know, thank God to these 
Moleto games that we have results at a youth level, at the end of the day, they're pocketing the majority of that money. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, but but it's but it still is more money for the federation than they would have had. Yeah, we have, you know, so it's, 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 Can I add something? I, I wanted to say, isn't it a little? Doesn't really match up the fact that, yeah, they're getting youth results, but at the league level, it's full exit on headles, man. Is it? That's why I say it's a coincidence. But, no, but see, now you're mixing things. One is selección, and the other is liga. So, so the, the, is a selección that plays a majority of modelos here. I mean, the league, the league teams do is they just come here to do like preseason and friendlies. But I mean, I, I don't think one has to do with the other. No, it's an opportunity, you know, during the international break to just where the teams would normally just train. Like, hey, there's an opportunity to go please the fans in all these, you know, cities and get some money. Um, well, they get, they get a lot of money. Because, yeah. And you see the economic situation in Mexico. Like, the average ticket, like the cheapest tickets are like, we have to be about like $5. Mm-hmm. And here in the U.S., the cheapest tickets are like 50 now. I I always wondered how much like uh like these like for example prime the primetime sports they're the ones that handle the America uh tours here in, in the United States. Um I wonder how much like they offer America f- to come over here. It must be a lot. It could be a, sometimes up to like a million again. Or maybe, yeah, maybe the, the, the venue, the rival. Or maybe yeah. they'll split the, you know, hey, the, the concessions or profits from the tickets or something. I don't know. I'm sure there's something, but I'm very curious. Uh, really quickly, we do have a new uh, speaker. He uh, requested to speak, Jose Antonio. Thanks for hopping on and and uh, welcome to the show. Welcome. Hello, hello everybody. Hello, guys. Greetings. Welcome, Jose. Yeah, I've, I've been hearing conversations for hours, and you know, you guys are you guys are great at this. Uh, me personally, I'm a Chivas fan, so I was pretty disappointed at the results that happened from Saturday. You know, losing to America, and you know, I know we haven't had the best the best amount of years since we last won the championship, and you know, it's, it was really tough because uh, if you look back at it, Chivas. We haven't won a league game against America ever since 2017 when we won the championship. And obviously, it took us three whole games to, you know, score a goal after those after those games that Chicote did his Chicotazos. Obviously, we lost 3-0 one game. We lost. We tied 0-0 twice. So, uh, you know, I know the, the referee is always going to be a main uh, factor in the game no matter what. Whether Vochoa's uh, goal that the goal that went inside counted or not, you know it would have been uh, whether it would have counted or not, it would have been controversial regardless. But yeah, and then uh, you guys are going back to La Selección, and I'll admit, you know, uh, La Selección, they just don't have it this year for the World Cup. To be honest with you, I think it's just that that's just uh, the scapegoat for everything, and he doesn't even get the right players most of the time. And yeah, uh, you guys are talking about the Moleros in like the U.S. And yeah, you guys, you guys actually give a, a pretty good points on like where where the where the federation and the league takes all that money from. Because I could see it as a marketing strategy pretty well for all of us who live in the U.S. and get all go to all the games. For example, you know, I'm not even gonna lie. As a Chivas fan, you look at Estadio Akron, 
and it's it's pretty empty most of the time unless like they're really good and it's like Liguilla. And that, but then you see, uh, you go to Molero anywhere in, like in California or in Texas, Chicago, and it's filled with Chivarmanos everywhere. So I could see the the why they would do all this stuff at least for like the Liga MX friendlies. But for La Selección, you guys do got a point because like all these Moleros, sometimes you start to question if they're really worthy or not. But yeah, uh, thanks. Great points, Jose. Good stuff, man. Uh, I wanted to add something, too. I mean, Jose brought up some great points, but the the I wanted to say the those, 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 those I keep going back to it, man. Oh, never mind. I, I lost my train of thought, man. I'm over here walking. It's all good. <laughs> I'm walking. <laughs> no, I, I see... I see it because I, I think the media is, is I blame the Mex media because they're um they're amarillista, you know, where it's like they, they want to create more scandal and it's it create more controversy and that I think they shape the way we as fans see the game and, and Mex fans have a very kind of negative, you know, very negative view. And even as far as like the logos of the achievements the team has. Even then, those get downplayed, where it's like it, it's they feel that the team should be doing better than than they currently are. So I, because I, we see Moleros, and it's like, well, what's the point? And that's because it's being compared to like, well, they should be playing the top tier uh, clubs. You know, they should be playing Brazil, Holland, and all these. But see, a lot of these games aren't always readily available. You're not always, yeah, you're not always going to have that opportunity. So that's one thing to keep in mind. The other thing is like, you could take advantage of these games and play youth or play players that you normally wouldn't take if you were to play a better team. And, and the, the you club, can make the, the argument at that point, are you devaluing the value of the Mexico jersey? Whereas of calling like a pool of 20 or 30, now you're calling a pool of 40, 50, 60 players. What does it mean to wear the jersey at that point? Well, I, I don't think, I, I think for like friendlies, Moleros, not really. And it, they've been doing it for a long time. And we, we've mentioned here uh, in a World Cup cycle, there will be about 80 players that get called up. That's a lot of players that will get called up. And out of those 80, there's about, 30 that are like the, they get the most playing time and then 23 will go to the World Cup from that. Um, but yeah, it's 80. That's that's a lot. And, and a big part of it is because of all these moneros. But I think when Mexico has gone to tournaments, like when they used to go to Copa America, they would they would represent well. I mean, at least until CONCACAF started hindering them and saying, oh, you could only take the youth or you you know, they, they started kind of like messing with Mexico so they, until they finally left the tournament. Um, but you would see that the team, the team's results at that tournament are, are pretty good. And even, even like overall, when there was Confederaciones, the, the team's results there were good as well. Like uh, overall, you know. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. to yeah. Copa America finals, right? Yes, sir. 2001 and 1993. The year they were invited. Yeah. Yeah, the '93 against Argentina, and that Argentina team had the Batistuta, and that's a team that had just. And we had, you Hugo. know, 86. They had won the World Cup in '90. They were finalists, and so that was like a, a very tough Argentina team. Wait, who, who was the goalkeeper for that? Uh, for that shootout? Ninety? What? They weren't finalists in ninety, were they? Or was it ninety-four? No, ninety. Oh, Argentina. Oh, wait, you're sure? Yeah. Yeah, they play Germany. I mixed it. Sergio up. Goicochea, San Goico. He had won a couple of shootouts for them. No, well, for for Mexico. No, they didn't do a shootout. They lost. Oh, you're <laughs> you're confusing me. Uh, I think it's Campos. Should have uh, been Campos, the goalie in '93. Oh, well, now you guys but, know but what lost that one. Wait, what should I? They lost like one, two. Well, wasn't it a penalty? Was it? Two, one or two? No. No, Argentina beat them. I, I still have nightmares of Batistuta oh. running over oh, okay. Ramon Ramirez. He, he, he was like a Mack truck. He just ran right through him. They, they, they put Ramirez, I think. He was like defending. I don't know why he was all the way back there. And, and Bati just steamrolled him, dude. Manhandled uh, them. Jorge Campos is the goalkeeper. <clears throat> and we had Sage, Hugo Sanchez, Benjamin Galindo, Aspe, Nacho Andres, uh, David Patiño, Ramon Ramirez, Juan Ramirez Perales, Claudio Suarez, and Raul Gutierrez. That's a good team. Yeah, it was a good team. They, I mean, they, that team, when they go to the 94 World Cup, they were in a group of death and since that since that uh, World Cup, Mexico hasn't been in a group with three European teams. Mm-hmm. So Norway, Ireland, and Italy. And Italy were the ended up finalists in '94. Um, and so, for them to advance from that was was massive because up until that World Cup, Mexico out, outside of Mexico had been very irregular. So that kind of that one was where it, it kind of started it, you know. At least, at least getting out of the groove stage. Mm-hmm. And then wow. they started doing moleros and they got soft. <laughs> no. no. I mean, I'm honestly, how many years has there been? The media <laughs> is very toxic, <laughs> very clickbait. But the Mexican fans in Mexico, they have the reason to be mad. They cannot watch their national team play friendlies because they're all in the foreign country. And the games they get is like against... Costa Rica, Honduras, whatever, like, qualifying. He's right. One good game, which is against the U.S. They get two of them. No, they get one, what, like every four years? And they're not going to get it this time because there's not going to be no World Cup qualifying. They have a very good reason to be mad. And you see Hector Herrera drinking tequila at a Grupo Firme concert in Houston. That's what Moleros is. Moleros is nice stadium, nice AC, nice field, very comfortable make you soft. You don't have those games where you go out of your country and face opponents and, you know, actually but, test you mentally and physically. Well, I mean, the, the, the thing is, we like I, I can see kind of the, the FMF reasoning where they're like, all right, we play the official tournaments in Mexico and then we play friendly games outside because then you do have to throw a bone to the fans here in the U.S. And, and when you look at where they're getting the majority of the money, it's, it's in the U.S., what they get in Mexico is peanuts compared to what they're getting here. Um, and so 
that's also important to know. Like they're getting massive amounts of money here, and so to and then as fans, I mean, I, I'm not complaining. I see Mexico play like a lot of great teams and great players, so I'm like, I'm cool with with what the setup, you know. Hello, but what other national team uh, uh, ignores its its main fan base to accommodate love? Well, we all know Mexico is in a, a unique situation where it has two natural fan bases. But what, like, you think that's actually a good thing that they ignore Mexico so much? I know the money is over here, but, but they're giving the cold shoulder to their native fans. I, I don't think, like, they, they're hosting some World Cup games. Uh, they now, hosted though. They hosted the whole under-17 tournament. All the all, they had Olympic pre the Olympic qualifiers. They've had what an under seventeen cup. So I'm telling you, they they get all the juicy games. We we're just getting moleros. Like why will you complain if you're we get the you're complaining club. that you're what not? You we get they, the gold cup. Uh, but that's we we don't really get it because they're but giving it's it to Max. It's, it's because it's a senior tournament. What when's the why? Well, when the Mexico wanted to, they they hosted it. They did, but they haven't wanted to because, um, I don't know, logistics. Because then the money, again, it's, it's just too much money being made here. Oh, but that's that's ironic from them, though, because then they go out and say, oh, the these tournaments don't sell in Mexico. That's why we bring them to the U.S. Yeah, that's true. But how are you, like Pastor said, how are they going to get excited if you're just bringing them Mexico against Suriname, against Barbados, against... Barbados Jr. and uh, all other countries they have. I can't, even, I can't even tell you the last time there was a game in Mexico. When was the last time Mexico played in Mexico? Yeah. They usually play before the World Cup. They play one of the coin the way. They're not even having a Juego de Despedida in Mexico. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're ignoring their main audience. The main audience is here, man. Because they, they, they know if they, if they have a they game in El Azteca, they'll be fine. They know if they if they have a despedida in, a, in El Estadio Azteca, they're going to get thrown yeah, tomatoes. Fuera, tata. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, they, they could have it like in maybe Jalisco um, or, or someone like Monterrey, one of those stadiums, and warmer reception. Real quick, we uh, we do have a few spots left to, for speakers. We have another request. So let's hear from the fans. Abdias, welcome to the show. Thanks for hopping on. What is up, guys? I'm going to do the traditional radio thing and be, yo, you know what? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Absolutely love the show, guys. But now that we're talking about moleros and shit like this, I want to put my... I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the chat, but like, yo, are Moleros making a sock? Is it watering down the whole thing? Like, yo, I got caught up to put on my verde. And now I'm going to go play in Houston where people, I'm, I'm still going to get booed. I don't really give a fuck about it anymore. Like, yeah, I got caught up, but que me cuesta? Que estoy ganando? Me van a mentar la madre sin fuego. Hasta que voy. Good point. I don't think it's making them stop. I do think it's it's hurt the um, Mexico not being in Copa America and like Copa Libertadores. I think that that benefited them a lot. But but overall, like as far as like, I think Mexico like, players soft. 
<laughs> they play their Moleto games, then they go to designer stores, spend some money, have a good time. Yeah, so, hey, some somebody but, but on the uh... bringing, no, from a sporting perspective is not bringing any advantage. For you can make the argument for that. I see on makes money, invest in you teams wherever you want. But from the senior point, from players, there is zero advantage to Moleto games. It's making well, no, talk. because they're they're getting a call up. That's not. See where That's an advantage. They could call a play in Bolivia. It doesn't matter. A call up, but the thing is, there is like think about it like hard labor, where Mexicans working hard labor, and then you got Mexicans sitting in the office forty hours a week. That's that's what it is now. There's there's no more hard labor. It's just soft. Yeah, like, but yeah, you I'm you don't go you don't go to the getting a call up. But the thing is, yeah, how many people have been called up? And now we're seeing the list, and it's like, that, that. you've called all of all these people who are at better moments, have better football, pero te estás quedando con los que ya te llevaste al principio, right? Like, we're missing out on all of this other stuff that we could have corrected. We could have done better if we would have utilized the moleros correctly. But instead, it seems like the moleros have become a, a point where we, we are stagnant. And that's why the fan base is getting really angry because, like, hey, it's un juego molero. We're supposed to win this. And yet, here we are struggling. So, what is happening? Yeah, well, what's happening is uh, players are going to the malls. Um, there's somebody on the subreddit that says, I just ran into Raul Jimenez and Orbelin at the mall. They're over here on vacaciones, bro. Pinche yeah. Jimenez don't got malls in England or what? But, they don't have but, orange Julius. <laughs> hey, uh, 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 Diaz brings up some good points, man. And all these points we've been echoing for the longest time. And it seems like nothing ever changes. Like like I mentioned uh, before, too, that I, where I disagree with Joel. I mean, yeah, these guys... They do look at they do look at it as a vacation, as a as a mini vacation. They, like you said, they go to malls, they they take their selfies and they upload them. They have a good time. <laughs> and like when when after that gold cup in Las Vegas, when uh, when they lost one 0 against that bunker ball against the USA, well, what did Hector Herrera say? It doesn't matter if we win or lose. You you guys are still going to criticize me, so it doesn't matter to me. If that's not being comfortable and not being worried about what people have to say about you, then I don't know what is. Yeah, I think the social media has changed the game, you know. Um, it's now in your face every single day. You know, if you have a bad game or if you're not up to up to scruff, like, people are going to talk shit to you online. And I don't know. I guess, like, a lot of players on the national team have kind of just, like, tuned out. And they're kind of just taking the easy way out. I mean, we saw what Herrera's doing. He went to Houston. It's just like, I don't know, bro. We're we're at a point right now where it's it's all about the money. It's all about the social media. It's all about the likes and the popularity. And it's not about the actual, like, performance on the pitch. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying makes him soft because Herrera said that in Vegas. I want Herrera to say that after losing in Azteca. And that bus trying to make itself out of the stadium, and they're gonna get him, uh, you know, rocks and everything thrown at him because the fans are gonna be they're suspected and pissed. He feels comfortable in the U.S. saying those things, 
because he feels he's untouchable due to the security and all those benefits that come with playing in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a different crowd. I mean, let's be honest. Like, the, the, the type of fans that go to these games in the United States, not the same crowd that's in Mexico where they will be – they will take – matters into their own hands you know they'll, they'll egg your car they won't let you leave the training camp like it's a different level over over Bro, that's there literally what i was what i was thinking i was like hey how long is it gonna be until they start putting eggs on the cars of the mexican players and things like that like because let's be honest and you guys kind of mentioned earlier the mexican fan base is toxic as fuck right like <laughs> we're never happy yeah, and that is something I do want to bring up. I'm not saying, hey, guys, go ahead and win the World Cup. Look at Belgium. Belgium has so much talent, and they haven't even come close. Look at Holland, bro. You know, yeah. Holland. So I'm not, I'm not saying, like, yo, Mexico, Herrera, all these guys got to get their ass together and put us in semifinals in the final. But I'm just saying, like, for, like, their comfort, their mentality, uh, their lack of effort, that is what pisses us off. It's not like I'm saying, yo, how come you guys aren't don't have us in the final? No, we're being realistic as well. We're definitely far, you know, majority of Mexican fans think that every year we should be in the World Cup semis or something. I'm not saying that, but it also pisses us off that we know the amount of talent and potential that's there. And this is being wasted, not just from the players, but like from the guys who make the big decisions. Yeah. Hey, Quinn, I'm going to show my hand, man, as a Cruz Azul fan. That's literally it every year. Every <laughs> time. I'm just like, come on, bro. You have so much better and you can't do it. And then the last thing that I wanted to say was <clears throat> is we talked about how we're no longer playing in, Me- in Mexico, right? And I've been doing some research and I've kind of been looking it up. And it's like, well, one of the other things is we stopped playing day games in Mexico City in El Azteca. Yep. What was the biggest thing yeah. about Mexico? You're in the altitude. It's hot as hell. You can't yes. breathe there. And smog. And that's no longer a thing. That's That hasn't been a thing for years. You TV. Know? Prime time. Prime time. So For here, for the Azteca. U.S. I will make the argument, though. Another reason that's not a thing no more is that we have more players in Europe now where it's no longer an advantage because now it's something they also have to adapt to as well as the Yeah, rival. but you, you could call players from America, Cruz Azul, Pumas. You could build a good team from yeah, but those when's squads. the last time we had like a, an official match, like a World Cup qualifying match, and all 11 guys or the majority are from the local league? The majority of the I don't know, but I mean... Composed when... of like European-based players. So if you bring somebody that plays in Napoli at sea level and you try to have them play in Azteca at noon, it's probably going to affect them just as bad as the opposing Yeah, team. there is no yeah, advantage that, anymore. No, that's why I'm saying you you could still call some of the better players from the league. Yeah, I mean, you could do a domestic-based squad that and, is... And some of them will do better. When they went against, um, what was it, New Zealand? Yeah, but that was different. America? Yeah. We could have taken like the America Water Boys and beaten New Zealand, bro. That was a <laughs> those guys. Were but yeah, you, I mean, for a lot of like like World Cup qualifying and, and games like that, you I do think Mexico can compete with with majority local talent. It doesn't have to be based, just, yeah. But it, yeah, because what have we also been seeing is the Euro based players underperforming. So I'll rather 
than have someone that traveled, saw tired and can't hang. I'd rather have the local guy that's he's on fire and he's yeah he's hungry. And I'd rather have that dude right there. Yeah, you don't have to worry then, about the jet lag, that, you don't have to worry about well, then, the that makes the other guy work harder now because he's like, yeah. Oh shit, this is gonna So you think you're being at our soft. I don't think they're soft. I just think that they don't have competition a lot of times, so they don't they don't have to worry as much as like someone's gonna take my spot. There's not like that much competition compared to like the if you look at the the bigger teams and there'll be like three or four players competing for for the starting spot. I do I do think that there is an advantage with having cohesiveness, and I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the times. This is like their first time all playing together. You know, you play at Napoli, you play at Wolves, you play at, you know, Sevilla. It's like this is the only opportunity they actually get to play with each other. And, like, they might be out of sync or they might not be familiar with, like, their movements and all that. Whereas you take, a, you know, you take Chivas players, Jamaica players, they all know each other very well. And boom, like, you put them in the national team and, and you, don't, you don't have to worry about the traveling. You don't have to worry about the about the uh, jet lag and you'll probably get similar or better results if I'm being completely honest. Well, well you know what, what you're talking about is something we've said here ooh, a couple years back, which is what, what we've seen with the South American teams because they're, they're composed of all these players that play in, in all the different leagues. And, and when they go to the selection, a lot of them, they're not used to playing together. And so what we've been seeing is Europe has been dominating uh or winning, winning all the World Cups since uh, what was it ninety eight? Think from no wait, except for what when when they were oh, still winning two thousand two. Yeah, but pretty much all of them since ninety eight until the last one. All except for that one has been all like European um, winning, and that that has a lot to do with it. And you look at some of these squads that have won. Look at like Spain, majority of players from Real Madrid, Barcelona. You look at Italy, majority of players from like Milan, Juventus. Look at uh, well, Germany, yeah. majority of players from Bayern Munich. And it's like, and more you importantly, know, they're all the majority of the national team comes from the domestic league that they play in. So, like, even France, the one that just won the World Cup in 2018. Yeah, you have some outliers that play at Madrid or whatever, but for the most part, the the base of the national team they all play in League One. So it's like there's, uh, there's or they or to they that. play together. They play together for a long time, yeah. um, and so I think that has hurt uh, the teams from over here, and and also Mexico is has to an extent where we we see majority of players abroad now compared to like we were talking '94. Uh, the team from 93, 94, right? And and now they haven't surpassed what that team did because 93, 94, you know, Copa America final, get out of the group death at the at the World Cup, you know. Um, they actually won the group. I found that. Did they win the group? Uh, anyways, <laughs> and then some of those players still were still around for the 99 Confederation. And so you, you look at like the majority of, Mexico's success, it's been with local, like even Olympics, right? Majority of local base players. But do you think that'll fly now? I mean, it should, but I mean, I think we already bought the idea that, 
you have to be abroad, that you have to be playing at Champions League, that you have to be, you have to be at, at those big teams and that somehow that, that just is going to correlate with the national team. And it's like, well, there's a lot of examples where that didn't really help, where you had teams like Nigeria, Ghana, uh, not too long ago, Chile, Colombia with a, you know, and, and they had some good runs, but they didn't exactly, like, they didn't exactly stay consistent. If you look at, like, you compare those teams I just mentioned, compare them to Mex, Mex been more consistent. They have all, but what, what happens at the end of the day? They always end up meeting a certain team that <laughs> has elite players. <laughs> like, for, let me bring, let that me they just... Were the that what was that? That wear the bicolor because every sad every sad memory that I have in the World Cup is with them. Yeah, well, <laughs> that that could be true too. No, but let's take uh this past weekend for example. Where in let's say we do have a domestic based team, where are we let's say we we go with a with a team like that to the World Cup. And they face a guy like Vinicius. The guy's a, literally a damn roadrunner. Like, how, hey, are you, what, you how know, do you defend I heard, that? I've never seen it before. Well, look, look what they were saying. Uh, going to 2014 World Cup, Brazil. They were saying that, uh, was it Croatia? Midfield was going to kill Mexico, Rakitic, and Modric. Mexico had no answer. And you get Gallito. Five foot two gallito and he he bossed them, dude. He fucking own them, bro. And so I'm gonna say, like, when had they seen a gallito, dude? When they seen Speedy Gonzalez? That, that, that was that was that was Don Gallo. The final. I mean, what, but what they didn't the they didn't play the Mexico, man. They should have played. Though. You could make the argument to how Germany won the World Cup in 2014. No, but but the argument is is facing World those. You could make the argument that Croatia just had a bad World Cup and then they turned up in 2008, uh, 2020. No, but no, but the argument here is it's is how how do Mexican like the league based players how are they going to measure up to the Euro counterparts? Yeah, but and it's like, day, they're measuring up in the group stage. Where where's the big step? The next step? Yeah, but I mean that that like Croatia they. That just we you see it every now and then with some of the teams like South Korea and Turkey that they just go on a good run and end up having a good tournament. It's like Liguilla, you know, like you could have a team in Liguilla, Querétaro, or whatever, and Puebla ends up going through a good run. That doesn't mean that they're really good teams. They just had well, a really good tournament. Brazil, Argentina, and Uruguay. What other teams can make a run? Well, not even, from the Latin American teams. No yeah, one. but I mean, no one. It doesn't matter if it's domestic league or European. None of them can make. They don't have the. I don't. I don't even know what they don't have, but they just don't have it to make that run. Wait, did you say Uruguay? Uruguay, sometimes. I mean, not always, but they're probably like third. Like yeah. Brazil and Argentina have the best chances. Of making a good run. And what about the United States, bro? The world power of the United States. Well, that's thanks to us because we we shit the bed <laughs> that one. But, but you know, like those. Year. What if we take all the LeBron James that are in the United States and have them play soccer? What would what would that look like? Like eleven <laughs> Freddie Adus. 
Purdue isn't from the United States, though. He's he's from Ghana or something. Camera somewhere over there. Yeah, he's from Ghana. Um, yeah, man, I love I love this episode. A lot of a lot of action, a lot of speakers. Thank you guys. Um, we're at the two hour mark, so I'll I'll let oh, you guys yeah, do right. your uh, your closing thoughts before we wrap up this show. Start with uh, Abdias. Abdias. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. That's right, man. Abdias. No problem. So I guess my closing thoughts is: so how do we fix the league? Right? Do we? Because yes, we can compete with a Mexican-based league. You know, La Liga, compitiendo en en equipo nacional. That's what we're basing on. But the problem is we have so many extranjeros that our youth isn't being developed. So therefore, how can we radically redefine the league right. in order to build right. stats? Like, right there, you said it, man. It. Get, uh, get rid of the majority of those bombs. <laughs> no, I, I think it's too much. Like, even the Sanjitos that come in, they're not coming in at their top year anymore. Yeah. Like, those I... are going to MLS. They're going elsewhere. So what's happening with our Liga? We're, we're lacking. I do think it's too many extranjeros. We had... There was an interview with... Um, I think it was Luis Miguel Salvador. He was, I think he was GM of Monterrey at the time. And he was talking about a, an FMF, no, not a Liga MX meeting where they were saying that that the reason why they increased the number of foreigners was to try to like compete in the international market with, with the top leagues. And so they were trying to make the league more like I don't know, more attractive to international. I, I think that was a mistake. Uh, I think uh, if, if we look back to when Liga MX had just three or four extranjeros, some of these guys were sick. They were like at another level, like Aguinaga and uh, Cardoso. And you saw some of these teams that were, that played really good. I still haven't seen teams that play to that level. Like, like if you see some of the goals Toluca was scoring, they're just insane. That, that Toluca team, some of these other teams too. There's more, but off the top of my head, uh, not to, yeah, to, Toros Nesa. I'm thinking Toros Nesa as well. That that team was really fun to watch. But but I mean, back then you saw some of the level of the, so of the foreigners are, are like just pretty high. And I think if there was less foreigners, the teams could concentrate on these three or four players that we're bringing from abroad are going to be really good because a lot of times they just bring a lot of players that are just it's almost like a crapshoot it's like they're just taking a a chance on these guys and then the the youth they, they end up getting pushed to the side yeah like you guys are gonna remember this i'm probably gonna get it wrong the 11 23 rule yeah you had to play menores yeah whatever happened it, it, the teams didn't like i know teams didn't like it and it I didn't think it helped either because it's like you were just forcing teams to like give give X amount of minutes to the youth, but it's like I never saw how it really helped. Yeah, I mean, all, all right, three things that you can do to immediately improve the league. Number one, get yourself back in Libertadores. That is the number one priority. Get your, uh, yes, agree. Get your back. Yes. Get back in, in Copa Libertadores. Get back to Copa Sudamericana. Like, do whatever it takes to get back in there. Number two, uh, bring back the Copa Mekis because if you're not going to give the opportunity for young kids to play 
in the league. I get it. It's a short season. You don't have that uh, opportunity to experiment or or debut players. Copa Emekis, it's a great way to to entertain the crowds. Uh, the second division teams have a chance at a title, and you're most likely going to use a B-side for that. You're going to give opportunity to the reserves and to the bench warmers of your club. And we were starting to see a lot of a lot of great moments in Copa Mekis when when it was in action. Um, and the third step, which you guys just said, is to basically like incentivize clubs to use their youth players. Um, you know, punish them uh, financially if they don't hit a threshold of of minimum minutes uh, for young players, and also reward teams. You know, reward teams that are that are actually you know playing the a lot of young players a lot of mexican players i think that's the only way you can get anything anything done in, in mexico is is money so there's an incentive to to go back to libertadores because of the money there's an incentive for copa mekis because of tv ratings and all that and there's an incentive to to debut young players and give young players a chance or there's a penalty if you don't so i think like if you're gonna get anything going on in mexico you have to have the little carrot. You have to basically show the little carrot in front of them and have them chase it. Yeah, and uh, to add to that real quick, uh, Liga Mekis will make the argument that we can't have Copa Mekis because we have Leagues Cup and all this stuff with the U.S. Uh, here's the thing. The U.S. still has the U.S. Open Cup. My town has a fourth division team that plays in the U.S. Open Cup. That's their version of Copa Mekis. So at the end of the day, I'm going to keep saying that every episode, Liga Mekis, Federación Mexicana, they don't give a damn about the sporting aspect. They just care about the money, and they'll throw invest a little bit into it to make it look like they care. As long as the dollars are coming in, that's their biggest priority. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I always thought that they have um, they haven't taken advantage of that of that cup, and and I do think when Mex like looks abroad for answers, like they'll they'll try to like emulate Europe, but I think. It should be closer to, to like to home where it's like okay, what kind of like what what is Brazil doing? What is Argentina doing? Well, at least one thing they have in common, if you look how many foreigners they have, they only have like two or three per team. Some of them have rules where it's like um, you can't have more than that, like on the field. And it's like well, in that you know that's a big reason why they're always churning out so much talent because they're giving their players. So much playing time. If you look at Uruguay, it's even that's like it's very, um, it's very impressive how it's like a lot of their fields, a lot of their installations, and all that are just like very third world. You know, they're playing in, in messed up fields compared to Max, which Max you could compare a lot of the stadiums and and whatnot. Um, their training and all that to to European ones. Awesome. Uh, Ricardo, any closing thoughts? I know you had a lot to brag about this episode. Again, congratulations to America for winning the Clásico. They won in this day. He's spoken the least of America. That, that's true, horrible. That's just, that's, there's there's no, no need, huh? There's, there's no need, and the fact that I enjoy whenever FMF gets called out on their shit, man. But... Like Jaime said, I had a great, I had a great weekend. Aside from that boring Canelo fight, 
everything went and of course my Newcastle drawing one to one. Aside from those two things, I had a I had a excellent weekend. <laughs> but if yes, but if you guys don't mind, I'd like to add something that's off topic. I was watching the the Real Madrid against uh, Atletico Madrid match. Boring ass match. And I agree. Blame Atletico for that. But I just want I just wanted to point the double standards in something. The the Vinicius yeah, Vinicius was being criticized for doing his little dance, right? And they had like their own the Spanish pundits in that show El Chiringuito and shit. The guy pretty much called them the N word on live TV, right? Did he really? He called him a mono. Oh, is that why Roberto Carlos was tweeting like a, yeah. a monkey, a monkey? Yeah. And it, and everywhere else in the world that speaks Spanish knows that when you call someone that, yeah. you're calling them a monkey. And yeah. by calling them a monkey, you know what you're calling them. And their and then their response is saying, "Oh, over here means something different. <laughs> it means it means being called a dum dum or a no. tonto, right?" Hey, but, man, it- it can mean whatever they want to say, but a black person, a monkey, I mean. It's like um, Cavani. He got in trouble for calling one of his, his comrades Negrito, right? Yeah. Oh, no. But that's different. I, I wouldn't compare no, that's that. that. That's different. One thing's like me Negrito, and another thing's saying me Mono. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he got in trouble for saying that in uh Yeah, and they got leaked. It wasn't like, like a WhatsApp conversation that got leaked. It was like a comment on his IG story. It wasn't even like... Yeah. yeah, it was on his IG. Yeah. No, what I wanted to mention, sorry about you guys. You guys, I love this show. You guys bring up some great points. But what I what was really, was really, me estaba cagando los huevos, was <laughs> they say that, right? And no, no one blinks an eye. No one says anything. But then uh, we take it to the Mexico side to of things. And they created, you have FMF. You mean the chant? About the puto chant. And we have the same argument. It doesn't mean oh, what you guys here. think it means. Well, yeah. because it's, it comes out to the sponsors. Yeah. 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 Spain so you, has you sponsors missed, too. You, no, but not in the U.S. So you, you like, like massive sponsors, not, not to the point that Mexico has. And that's, no, that's but who it's puts still the double pressure standard. on. Let, look, no, it's, it's not that, double standards. That, that like show isn't, in, that show isn't in broadcast Liga in the United sponsored. States, is it? It's not. It, yeah. Because we're, we're seeing it as, as right here, as gringos, as pochos. And so that's that's our lens. But over, like, they don't care, dude, in, in most parts of the world. They're, they're not going to care. Because uh, when was it uh, when Tecatito got to, got to Sevilla? They tweeted, uh, yeah, putos or yeah, something. Yeah, you almost, yeah. Not, dude, nothing, nothing. There was yeah. crickets. What? Yeah. And so I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, with the whole Mexico thing in the social media, which started when it was around 2014, and people started making, and it was through social media where, you know, like the people started like making a big issue about it. And not, then, not people, oh, bro. let's be specific. It's Snowflake USA fans. <laughs> well, not not just USA fans. There's a lot well, of Mexico fans it, that, that I, I knew Mex fans that used to say that word, and all of a sudden they're on Twitter trying to preach. They, yeah, you know what I mean? And I was like, dude, I've seen you say worse. 
But um, <laughs> <laughs> well, think it, about it. it. It's like the, the national team has State Farm. It has Wells Fargo. It has what yeah. Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever. It has these big ass companies throwing crazy McDonald's, money. Yeah, they can't have the puto thing anywhere surrounding the. They can't even have that thought, you know. So it's different. And, no, you're you're, yeah. you're right. Jaime, and cheating, but, but, whatever that show is, like, dude, no one's in the United States even has access to that show unless they have like a VPN or no. they have satellite. You know, it's not it's not the same. No, like, you're right. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, I was gonna say real quick. Sorry to interrupt you guys, but yeah, I'm, I wasn't so much mentioning. I, yeah, I mentioned the show for reference, but let's not forget. I was gonna mention these games are shown on ESPN, which is an American company. And you watch when that Rodrigo scored the goal, you could you could hear them making those monkey sounds. Oh wow! Oh yeah, well, that's not really There's a been, good look yeah. either. No, that, that's what I was getting to. The yeah, but Snowflake USA fans criticize us for our our shit, but they won't say anything about them over there. But I don't think those were like the majority were like USA fans. It was more like the social media, where you've had like a group of people that are kind of like a witch hunt, kind of like trying to say, you know, like like trying to say like moral police, like if you're saying this, this is what you mean, even though it, we could have different meanings, but it's like my my meaning is the one. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they, they imposed their meaning on us, man. Well, yeah, yeah because of the sponsors. I'm saying my own culture to myself. Like no, bro. This is our soccer culture. Like, yeah, I die. I will go to my grave. It is not a homophobic chant. Like, it's not yeah, at it's all, not. Bro. Yeah, and you know, you know, I, I used that example of like we we know it. It's not homophobic because uh, Carlos Alcido, this dude got caught plenty of times with uh, with dudes, you know, in Brazil and then sending dick pics and all that. And this dude, when he was playing in Mexico, no one told him a thing. No one would yell when he touched the ball. No one said anything. No one even cared. She was like so, it, right? <laughs> no yes. <más> portero. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I don't care how you slice it or dice it. It's double standard. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Well, I mean, from, from here, from from like... Because we're talking about like something that's been going on for a while now with like, you know, it's it, more through social media where it's like, like you could say something and it's like, oh, that view is, is racist or the view is misogynist or it's whatever. And, and we've seen people lose their jobs over that. Like yeah. the, um, you know, the dude from the pizza, the pizza guy, uh, what's his name? The Papa John's. Yeah, he wasn't even, he was saying it as, as he wasn't even saying the word. He was referencing it from someone yeah. else that said. You know, it's <laughs> crazy. Is we're, we're, we're going to a World Cup in Qatar, and like, I, I'd like to see what happens if two guys, straight guys, hold hands. I'm curious to see what happens to them in Qatar. Exactly. Oh. Prison. I, I, I think at the Don't stadium, they'll be safe. They, they'll be safe at the stadium, and right? in the, in the whatever's on that. They're not going to that WNBA player that got held up in Russia, didn't she have like less than a gram of weed? Not and sure. That, oh yeah, that big boy dude. Uh... Yeah, I'm pretty sure she had less than a gram, and that's the, uh, been the big fuzz. But you know, yeah. that's their law. That's their can't have 
more than a gram or less than a gram or whatever. But there's, you know, there's people like here, they got locked up here. They got people locked There's people still locked up here for a similar offense when it was when when it was um, illegal. Yeah. Al Pastor, do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 350? Yes, uh, my closing thoughts, club over country. So on the Chivas land, I want Nene, Vega, Piojo to come back healthy, ready for Liguilla. <coughs> on the Madrid land, I want Tuchameni, Rodrigo, Vinny to come back healthy as well. Uh, you know, Madrid, Chivas, we got a big games coming up. As far as Selección, I could care less. All right, I love it. Joel, you back on dish duty? What's going on? No, like, does it sound like I'm washing dishes? Yeah. It always sounds I'm like you're pacing. doing something else. <laughs> no, it's just pacing. You don't deserve your attention or what? Yeah. No, What's I'm the Team Mandilon or what, Joel? No, not, not tonight. Tonight oh, okay. is my free day. I was painting earlier. I paint, um, so are you going to go to the game on uh, Saturday? I was gonna go just for Jaime. I said I'll get to hang out with Jaime. Maybe he busted out with. I'm not even gonna be there. <laughs> and I, I don't like going to to the Rose Bowl. I don't like the whole the driving there. Oh. I never enjoyed it. So I don't know. I, I'm on the fence with that. Damn. All right. Fair enough. Closing thoughts, just to my chi hermanos. I know the pitchforks and the torches are out for Cadena again. They think the team sucks again. Two, two, two defeats in a row, Tigres, now America. But I think he, he did a pretty decent job. I'm happy with that guy. I'm happy with his uh, his business shirt, man. I want to get me one of those. Those are nice. I want to wear that to work. Doesn't have the Chivas logo on it? Yeah, that shit's clean. Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Those do look pretty professional on him. Yes, sir. Nah, he's just I think he's saying uh, he looks like a busboy. If Michel Daniel was wearing that, probably not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys all for hopping on tonight. It was a lively one, 350. Obviously, the controversy got everybody in here today. We have some partidos moleros over the weekends. Uh, I'll be there at Levi's Santa Clara Tuesday. So if you're in the Bay Area, if you see me, say hello. Uh, I'll be in the press box um, covering the game. And uh, we'll see what happens. We're, we're going to have a weekend without Liga Mekis. Hopefully everybody can can survive. And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you guys so much. Peace. <laughs>